From Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a new weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. Over the coming weeks, we're hoping to spend a little bit of time talking one-on-one with elected officials, community volunteers, and other folks who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we're hoping to take your questions, too, on Facebook and on Twitter at Tube City Online. And good morning to you from Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. Paul Roth is retired from the Computer Science Faculty of Virginia Tech. He has degrees from the University of Pittsburgh and the University of Pennsylvania. He is a noted musicologist specializing in popular and show music from 1900 through 1960. He's produced and hosted several musical radio and TV programs, and his collection of records and taped interviews is now at the Paul F. Roth Collection of the American Dance Band at Stanford University's Music Library, and he's from McKeesport, and he's our guest this morning on WEDO. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. We, uh, you, you came to my attention, Brian Butko from the uh, Heinz History Center, uh, sent me a copy of your article, Pittsburgh's Dance Band Era. Yeah. And uh, I want to ask you about that. Uh, it's quite an interesting article, and it has a lot of McKeesport tie-in. Well, you know, having grown up in McKeesport, uh, that is where I was first exposed to that culture. Well, so tell me, first of all, where, whereabouts did you grow up, up near the library area? Uh, yeah, on Library Avenue, okay. actually, uh, on the other side of Union Avenue from the library. Okay. Most uh, there were other other venues earlier than that, but I, that was the majority of my residence in McKeesport and uh, my last residence. Uh, mu- musical household growing up, mom or dad playing instrument or? Uh, my dad played. Uh, my dad could hum every symphony and opera. Uh, that there ever was, but unmusically trained. My mother was indifferently could play the piano, and uh, I took music lessons uh, very early on piano and then uh, saxophone, clarinet. Did you have a band of your own, or did you play it in the school band? Uh, I played in the freshman band and uh, I think the sophomore band. I switched to orchestra because I preferred clarinet over saxophone, but uh, I, I got kind of dropped out of that, but I was in a, uh, a recreational dance band formed by a number of students. Okay. We, we we played a few places around, but I, I, most of my musical education was listening. Listening to what? Well, you can't mention Pittsburgh uh, media without mentioning Reach Cordick, of course. Who was at WWSW well, Radio and then at KDKA. Absolutely, and... Uh, Reach, um, let's say, fostered a lot of my interest in pop music and in uh, funny sound bites uh, and com- comedy. Uh, he was he was a very big part of my life for many years. Let's pause for just a second. What yeah. was pop music then? And we were talking post World War II, like yes. late forties, early fifties. Yeah, um, it was the. Uh, we didn't want to admit it, but it was the end of the dance band era, okay? Pittsburgh was still replete with local dance bands, and the big bands came along, but their their position and preeminence on media was, was dying out. 
you could still hear late night broadcasts from all over the country if you if you tried of live but, yeah. music. But this is not this is not yeah. recorded music. Not recorded, from, this, is, no. this is live music yeah. from a ballroom, a yeah. hotel, yeah. or a restaurant, supper club. Yeah, but you like could that. see uh, what was happening in the recording industry when when impresarios like Mitch Miller, for one, mm -hmm. started creating funny stuff, music. Uh, um, Sarah, Sarah, and Merzy Dotes, uh, and uh, uh, jingle type music, yeah. and kind of wiped out the good ballad, and uh, and then uh, y y well the the, uh, the transition to rock and roll, uh, which it was a very good and interesting music at, at, at when it started, uh, became all electronic and all uh, uh, what do you want to call it. Um, uh, Noise. Small combos, a couple, com couple of guitars yeah, and a drum. Actually, I, I write in that, in that article that, that part of the reason for the decline of the dance bands was it was too expensive to have an 8 to 10 to 12-piece band to cart around the country. That's, but a four-piece combo, which was three guitars and a bass, was cheap. Let me interrupt you again. Yeah. Define what is a dance band. Because I, I think a lot of people who are listening to WEDO uh, probably have a familiarity with, with the, the Dorsey Brothers or, or Benny Goodman. Right. But some of the younger people who maybe are listening to us on the Internet might not. Okay. So It was a, an organized group of anywhere from seven on up to 20 people that had uh, a variety of instruments, usually arranged in sections. There would be your woodwind section, so mostly saxophones. Saxophones and clarinets. Yeah, your brass section, trumpets, trombones. And then the rhythm section, which was your piano, uh, your bass, whether it be a tuba or a bass fiddle, uh, drum, and sometimes even a guitar. Uh, sometimes an amplified guitar for special effects. Well, a Alvino but Ray and Alvino and Ray would be uh, one of those. Blue Baron was yeah. a, a very local, uh, popular favorite. A national band, but came around a lot. That used a lot of uh, uh, fills with with the sliding guitar and smearing trombone. And this was a style, that, and there were variations on the styles. Now, I want to uh, distinguish between the so-called sweet bands and the so-called swing bands. Okay. The swing bands were the more hip bands. They played the faster music. They played the jive. Benny Goodman started that trend toward organizing a large band which was being noted for and being recorded for its hot combinations. Okay, that Hot music had always existed, but with the media emphasis on jitterbugs and uh, uh, exotic uh, uh, fancy dancing, uh, uh, swinging your girl in the air, and et cetera, and so forth, uh, the... Uh, the media started paying more attention to the, the swing bands than the, to the so-called sweet bands, which were more comfortable. The sweet bands are sort bands. of a Paul Whiteman type sound. Well, maybe? no, a, sort of a Guy Lombardo oh, okay, was, sure. the, was the uh, major, uh, what's the anchor for the for the uh, for the ship of swing bands. Uh, and in, in the sixties, Lawrence Welk then too. Uh, Lawrence Welk, yeah, but Lawrence Welk by the time he was a big deal on television, wasn't playing. Uh, maybe once a week at a ballroom out in California. Yeah. There was a pier in Long Beach, I believe. Santa Monica. Santa, Santa Monica, Monica yeah, yeah, Lick Pier. Lick pier. He, was still, he was still playing out there. Listen, I must tell you something. That uh, the, I, I started interviewing uh, retired band leaders in order to save this culture. The last one I interviewed was Les Brown in 1995. And his band was still playing. He, 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 
didn't play every night, but he had a, a band he put together and played at ballrooms such as they existed around L.A. and, and uh, occasionally a tour across the country. But Buddy Morrow a few years ago came through McKeesport. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's more than a few years ago. It's probably we're closer to 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. And just absolute knockout band. In fact, I was telling someone, they said, well, what's the best local concert you ever saw? And I said, yeah. well, it wasn't a rock concert. I said, it was Buddy Morrow right. came through McKeesport in the 90s. And they said, I saw that concert. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. As a, as a record collector, uh, Buddy Morrow's name came up in a about a 1938 or 39 album of 78s, there was a, a singer named of Bell Baker who was a, uh, a vaudeville uh, torch-type singer, like, well, like Sophie Tucker. She was a, mm-hmm. a clone. And she sang a, a bunch of songs, uh, torch songs, accompanied uh, by a solo trombone by Mooney Morrow. Buddy Morrow. <laughs> Mooney. Mooney. That Mooney. was his, I guess it was his Yiddish first name is okay. what it was. So, so uh, I, I, by the way, I retained that album. That didn't go to Stanford. <laughs> it's such a, you know, an interesting piece that connects a generation. Our, our guest this morning on Radio 81 WEO yeah. and Tube City Online is Paul Roth. He's a retired computer science professor from the University uh, from Virginia Tech. Please, uh, yeah, almost, almost go made a Hokies. mistake there. No, go Hokies, yeah. and has degrees from the University of Pittsburgh and University of Pennsylvania. He is uh, born and raised in McKeesport. He is a noted musicologist who specializes in popular and show music from 1900 through 1960. And his collection of records and band leader interviews is now at the Paul Roth Collection of the American Dance Band at Stanford University's Music Library. He also writes for Western Pennsylvania History, the magazine of the Heinz History Center, and had an article a few months ago about the dance bands that had a lot of information about their connections to McKeesport. We're going to take a quick 30-second break, and we'll be back with more here on Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. And we're back here on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com with Paul Roth, musicologist, former computer science professor, uh, author, uh, write about pop music and about railroads. We were talking a little bit off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a book out. Uh, what is the title of the book? Railroad Vistas. Yeah, I have three of them actually. This is this was the first one, and I called it to your attention because it deals with Western Pennsylvania. And those are available through Amazon. Through Amazon. Yeah. You, you have an email address if people wanted to get in touch with you. Uh, it's PR Productions yeah, at Yahoo dot yeah, com. PR dot Productions at Yahoo dot com. PR dot Productions at Yahoo dot com. So let's talk about. We, we were talking a little bit about sort of defining what is a dance band and what is swing music and what is. Uh, it, it strikes me that perhaps the last bastion of swing music, in a lot of ways, at least in pop culture, has been the late night TV shows. Uh, carrying forward from Johnny Carson. Oh, yes, and Johnny had a great band, Johnny Doc Severinsen, and that, that was one of the best bands that ever existed. Ed Chauncey, uh, Tommy Newsome, yep. just an absolutely superb band, and then that kind of carried forward. Conan O'Brien uh, had Max Weinberg had a sort of a swing band on there, and I think they still do yeah, some sort, swing, of, yeah. sort of swing music. You know, you got, I, got, I want to reiterate that these bands that were known as swing bands, and I have interviewed many, many uh, uh, band leaders, 
And one of the questions I asked him was, how much swing music did you play? Meaning uh, jitterbug. Real fast. Yeah, real fast. He said, uh, varied by band, but not a great deal because that takes a lot of energy for the musicians to blow that hard and that fast. And people can't necessarily dance to it. They want to slow dance. Yeah, so they got noted for that. But uh, a great percentage of their repertoire was soft, sweet, romantic ballads. And th- this is what uh, the, the uh, high schools have stage bands, mm-hmm. and they swing all the time. Yeah. They're showing their their the prowess and the hot music, but it ain't it ain't the way it was. But they're seventeen years old too. Yeah, and they're seventeen. <laughs> years old. I know my kids played in them. Yeah. Uh, let's go back here. You, you first of all, let me correct something. You said when we were in the break, you were actually born in Pittsburgh, and then. But grew up in McKeesport. Yeah, we moved to McKeesport in 1939. Okay, and, and then you, you left uh, and you went to college, 52. Yeah, thank God that I got to go to McKeesport High School. That, that still is the best educational experience that I've had through colleges and whatnot. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I say this to people frequently. Uh, the history, English, and math departments there taught me more than I ever learned in college. I mean that sounds like like a like like a, a uh, alarming statement, but but to me it's true. What I learned, I learned at McKeesport High School. What did you learn about music growing up in the neighborhood? One of the things you talk about in the uh, in, in your article that you wrote in last fall, I think it was for the Heinz History Center about yeah. the the big bands and the yeah. dance band era, is about hanging out on the steps of the First Reformed Church in McKeesport. Yeah. And, and what were you doing there? Well, we had a neighborhood, you know, a group of people. And uh, I wasn't the, the, the culture leader of this. The guy named Chuck Coughlin was. And he got us all interested in the dance bands and primarily the sweet bands. Well, we had exposure. I mean, even teenagers could go and listen at Kennywood. Uh, obviously, from the other side of the of, of the area, they could listen at Westview. You could stay, but Kennywood had a big dance pavilion. Uh, it was a big dance about pavilion. where the about where the Ferris wheel and the uh, pizza place are now. There was a it big was, dance hall, and it was screened in, so you could sit outside and and hear the music. Uh, the radio stations, uh, let's say the four network connected radio stations, every night invariably had what they call remote broadcasts from ballrooms and hotels all over the country, uh, piped in by NBC or CBS or Mutual or uh, whatever other networks there were. We're so, in the McKeesport area. One of the places you mentioned, for instance, is Bill Green's club. Well, yeah, if you had some money. Oh, okay. Uh, it, and, I mean, it was a nightclub. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, out at the uh, Route 51. Where the, the now Bill Green Shopping yeah, Center the, is. the Cloverleaf yeah. there. And it was uh, a, a uh, premier stop for the national dance bands. Of course, there were lots of local Pittsburgh bands. There must have been a hundred local bands who were busy frequently, but the, the the national bands came in and stayed a week or two at a time and broadcast from there a lot. So, but uh, as a, a teenager, rarely had 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 the cash to go out there with cover charges and et cetera and so forth. There was on the other side of McKeesport, which is called the Vogue Terrace, which is which where was, the Vogue's rock and roll group or yeah, singing group right. got their name yeah, from. It's and that was sort of in North for Sales, East McKeesport. Yeah, it stayed a lot, long time, and uh, that again was was a uh, a, a heavy date club, as you, you will say. The, the, the Vogue uh, Terrace. Yeah, with, but it was lovely. It was uh, oh, I heard Tommy Dorsey there, and uh, everybody came to. The, now, if you were interested in the bands in a concert form. The best was the theaters in downtown Pittsburgh, 
while I was growing up. They had stage shows. We're talking about the Stanley? Yeah, and the Stanley, the Lowe's Penn primarily. Lowe's Penn is now Heinz Hall. The Stanley, Stanley is, is now the Benetton oh, Center. Oh, this is interesting because I, yeah. I, I was, I've been away, uh, you know, my, my uh, uh, career took me away from uh, this area for many years. I came back about 11 years ago when when I met a lovely lady at the Squirrel Hill Post Office, and we've been together ever since. Talk about playing post office. <laughs> Seriously. And she said, I'm taking you to the Benedim. And I went into the Benedim, and I looked. The Stanley! It still exists. Internally, it's the Stanley Theater, which was a sort of a second home to me on Saturdays. Uh, uh, fabulous, exciting. Uh, that, was, that was a place where you could... Uh, consume music by the big bands because every stage show had a band and then a clown or a comedian and a, it was vaudeville is what vaudeville was and uh you, you could every week you could go and hear a new band and and on the on, you know for a car check and a dime on a 68 streetcar downtown pittsburgh it was it was a great place. Was there any place in, in McKeesport that they played? Yeah. Like the Penn McKee Hotel, for the instance? Penn or McKee the... Hotel, they didn't play the big name bands, but okay. frequently big name bands came into the, um, oh, the skating rink. Uh, uh, oh, the Palisades. The Palisades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether they're still in business or not. I, they I, are. A few years That's I understood they were. So. But they had, on, a, on an infrequent basis, the national bands would come in. I remember... Yearly, Russ Morgan would. That was a, that was a yearly appearance for Russ Morgan. Uh, uh, I can't remember the other ones. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that was uh, the, the closest place in McKeesport uh, where you could have access to the big bands. And, and but we were starting to talk about the first Reformed Church and the kids yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah, the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, Chuck and uh, Ted Fry, who lives in Erie, PA, uh, and myself and, and others occasionally. We were imbued with the band, so we evenings we everything was you know the church was not busy, et cetera, and so forth. We we that was our communal place, the corner of Library and Union. What else? Ted, Ted lived on Library a few doors from me, and Chuck lived uh, on Ridge Street down the hill. And we'd get over there, and, and Chuck was the, the motivator for this. And we'd we'd go in and say, no, this is, and here is Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadians, and we'd hum the theme song and then having listened and, and bought records we'd know we'd know all complete arrangements and we we'd hum and do it a cappella uh, uh i'm trying to think there was a group that uh, used to imitate uh, 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 musical instruments oh the mills brothers sure. were one of them and i think there was some later on that i don't recall yeah. but we'd spend hours doing going through whole programs and uh, uh it was cheap and it was free and some of the neighbors really didn't like the noise <laughs> One thing that strikes me as you yeah. say that, and our guest this morning on Radio 81, yeah. WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com yeah. is Paul Roth. He's a musicologist. He was raised in McKeesport. Uh, he is a frequent contributor to uh, Western Pennsylvania History Magazine, um, and including uh, the article that we are sort of prompted this interview. It's called Pittsburgh's Dance Band Era. It was in the fall 2013 issue. We're going to th- put a link to that on our website so you can find that. That is available for free uh, by going to the Heinz Center's website, the Heinz History Center. Website. Uh, one of the things that strikes me, though, is, is you talk about sort of standing on the steps of the church there, the yeah. first Reformed Church in McKeesport, uh, and singing. Is you know, the, if people saw the musical or the movie Jersey Boys, you know, there's those guys, yeah. you know, in, in New York, New Jersey, in got together and singing on a different era, oh, got yeah. together singing on the street corner. Yeah. And nowadays, kids get together and they rap. 
sometimes in the street corner, or they have a garage band that yeah. they put together and they, they play yeah. music in the garage. So it's it's sort of you know a different generation, different style of music, but it's the same idea. Well, I got to tell you, see, I, I was the only one with with an instrument because I was playing saxophone, and clarinet, uh, high school band, or taking lessons or whatever. Uh, Chuck Coughlin would have been a great musician. Uh, the, the, he went out and joined uh, a, a drum and bugle corps so he could get a hold of a bugle. And he could play trumpet music just with his lips and the one, one uh, 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 valve on a bugle. He, on a bugle. Was, he was amazing. He, he, uh, he would have been one of the great trumpeters of the world had he had access to a musical instrument. Uh, he was, Chuck, I, I like to talk about Chuck, but he was, became a very prominent in the Keysport police force. Let's, let's take, a, let's take a thir another 30 second break yeah. and we'll come back and, and, and we'll follow up with that. Yeah. Uh, hold that thought. Our guest this morning on Radio 81, WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com is Paul Roth. He is an author, a musicologist, uh, a historian of the dance band era, uh, popular music from 1900 till about 1960. Let's take a 30 second break and we'll be back with more here on Radio 81, WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. <laughs> Tube City Online has reached a critical point in our history where we need to raise money from the public to continue providing information both online and on the radio. If you can help by making a donation, we would very much appreciate it. Go to our website, TubeCityOnline.com, and click the Donate button. And thanks for supporting independent media in the Monoc area. TubeCityOnline.com. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. And we're back here on Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. And our guest is Paul Roth. He is an author and musicologist, retired computer science professor. We should ask, uh, we only have about six, seven minutes left, but we should ask you how you got from computer science to musicology here. Well, uh, the music has been with me all my life. The computer science uh, was acquired later during my, my education. Be before, before we took the break, you, yeah. were, you were starting to talk about Chuck Coughlin, yeah. former McKeesport police lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he was uh, he was not only a, 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 a police lieutenant, and, and, but he also, as I recall, coached a lot of uh, baseball. He was he was he was an erstwhile baseball player. He was a very good left-handed pitcher one time. But he coached, I believe, um, one of the local campuses, Penn State. I don't know who had a local campus mm -hmm. in McKeesport. He coached their baseball team and, and other things like that. Uh, what, 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 uh, wonderful guy. I miss him terribly. Um, the uh, uh, that he was my my closest uh, contact to my days of uh, education and, and residence in the Keysport. After I left the area, we we stayed in contact. When did you start collecting these histories of this dance band era? Uh, the, when, when you mean the histories, yeah. not the records. Yeah. Oh, the re okay, not the no, records? The records, I started when I was uh, maybe 10 years old. Uh, uh, Where were uh, you buying these records at? Well, there, there was, um, <coughs> on Walnut Street, there was a guy named Sylvan Menlowitz that had a music store. In fact, I brought, he also had uh, 
instruments. I brought my first soprano sax from him. Okay. Um, uh, I forget. Uh, I there think, was a music store in the Memorial Theater, I believe, the McKeesport Music Center. I believe that. And, yeah. of course, uh, Woolworths and Murphy's both had record departments. Uh-huh. And uh, if you really wanted something, at that time, you went into Pittsburgh to the National Record Mart. No, was, no iTunes, no Amazon, no... Yeah. Gosh, no. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like a, a, a disc. Uh, I, I, I still, uh, it, it, it still left a hole in my system when I gave away 5,078 RPM records. Where did those go to? Stanford Those University. all went to Stanford University. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they're in a much better place, as, as they say. We have a sort of a final few minutes. If people, where would people start? Let's say somebody, you know, as I mentioned, yeah. some people who are listening to WEDO maybe are familiar with the dance band music. Others who maybe are listening on the internet don't have as much of a familiarity, and they but maybe they would like to. Where would they start if they wanted to listen? Where would you, if you wanted them to get a education in dance band music, who should they start listening to? There's nobody. Uh, you mean on the media? Uh, I, I would say, you know, in terms of going to go into a record store or to oh, Amazon oh, or I, iTunes, I, I would. Where should they start? Uh, well, I would. There's a lot of books. Okay. There's called the uh, the dance bands by George Simon. It was a, it's 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 a very authoritative book. He's a music critic for uh-huh. the magazines in New York for years and years. Uh, there's uh, there's a better one by a West Coast entrepreneur named Leo Walker, and I I can't get the names right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the bands, though, what, what, what music to, would they listen to? I would to? go to Amazon, uh-huh. and I would go into dance bands, and there's a plethora of. of What's the best one? I mean, what, what what would be like your top three? You don't have to rank them, but bands. Yeah. <sighs> well, for for swing and hot music. Obviously, Benny Goodman. Yeah. Benny, besides being a hero, being a clarinetist, you know, or uh, actually, Benny played six different instruments on, and they're recorded on various records. Uh, he played all the woodwinds how and about trumpet. The, how about the Glenn Miller band? Uh, the Glenn Miller band again is sort of a middle of the road between what they call the sweet band, like the hotel and the romantic band, and the swing band. Remember, I said they all played that music, but in different proportions. Yeah. Yeah. And the the uh, I prefer uh, of all those bands, Sammy K. Swing and Sway with uh, Sammy K. Swing and with Sammy K. And uh, 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 there was a band called K Kaiser who was big on radio. Uh, and he had later had a game show, K uh, Kaiser's College of Musical he Knowledge. Had that started that on radio in yeah. 1938. And uh, uh, Guy Lombardo was sort of the archetype of, of the sweet band. No gimmicks, no no funny business. Just sections of of woodwinds playing uh, uh, along with sections of. Uh, brass. Uh, the drummer, somebody once said they wondered what his his drummer does for a living. <laughs> that's, a, that's a famous quote, and I can't remember who said it. And that's true, but again, if you wanted to dance romantically, I don't know if they do the Foxtrot anymore. I, they, you know, ballroom dancing had a big comeback here uh, uh, 10, 12 years ago, and I think the Pittsburgh Ballroom Dance Group still meets sometimes like, at the Palisades. So you think you can dance ballroom? No, 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 no. Romantic. You know, yeah. that was the, at, at that time, that was the way to get close to your, to a, a guy or a girl, depending on which you were. And uh, uh, it, it had a purpose. Yeah. You could go out in a public place and hold each other, and, and, uh, and, and nobody thought anything of it. Uh, it, it, it was great for, you know, starting friendships. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> we've been talking with Paul Roth. He is a retired computer science professor who still teaches uh, as an adjunct in the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at Carnegie Mellon University. He grew up in McKeesport. He 
very accomplished musicologist whose collection is now at the Stanford University Music Library. We've been discussing in particular his article, Pittsburgh's Dance Band Era. We will put a link to that uh, on our website, TubeCityOnline.com. Uh, it appeared in the Western Pennsylvania History Magazine uh, fall 2013 issue. He is also the author of Railroad Vistas, The Rail Landscapes of Western Pennsylvania, which you can get from Amazon.com. Thank you so much. And if people need to get in touch with you, pr.productions at yahoo.com. Right. Uh, Thank you for for this uh, opportunity to vent in a public way. I I really enjoyed it. The the soapbox you provided has been very enjoyable. Well, I'm glad, and, and I'm glad we got the chance to talk, and I especially am glad that all of you got to listen to us here today on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, copyright 2014, Tube City Community Media, Incorporated, and produced in cooperation with Radio 81, WEDO. If you'd like to subscribe to the program, you can find us on Apple's iTunes and at Stitcher.com. Opinions expressed during Two Rivers, 30 Minutes are those of the participants and are not those of Tube City Community Media or WEDO Radio, 810 Incorporated. Questions or comments, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can call us at area code 412-614-9659 or email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. 